Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis now. Last time we read Genesis chapter 3. And at the end of chapter 3, I'm just going to read the last few verses here. So God drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he permanently stationed the cherubim and the sword with the flashing blade, which turned round and round in every direction to protect and guard the way, entrance, or access to the tree of life. So actually, that's just the last verse of chapter 3, where God removed Adam and Eve from the garden, from Eden. So now we're ready to read Genesis chapter 4. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Now the man, Adam, knew Eve as his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have obtained a man, baby boy, son, with the help of the Lord. Now I want you to note here, I've heard people say, and I, I don't know where they get this, they say that Cain was born of Satan. And yet, plainly here, the Bible tells us that Cain was not born of Satan, that Adam is Cain's father, and that Eve is Cain's mother, and he's not born of Satan at all. And, <clears throat> you'll notice she says, I've obtained a man, a baby boy, with the help of the Lord. Now, we know that the Lord is not going to provide you with anything wrong or bad. That's just a fact. No, Cain was a person. Cain was a human being just like the rest of us. He, he had no um, special origin. Um, he was just tempted, and he, as we're going to see, he's tempted and he, he fails. You know, that happens. We, we all go through things like that. So, But I want to point that out because I'm not sure why people, poor people, are getting that. Um, and I'm saying, I've just heard this from some people, and I'm like, no, the Bible plainly says, and it says it right here, that uh, Cain was born from Adam and Eve. All right, going to continue on. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept the flocks of sheep and goats, but Cain cultivated the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. But Abel brought an offering of the finest firstborn of his flock and the fat portions. Now, I'm going to read this without the amplification, but, but Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and the fat portions. So he brought the first fruits, he brought the best, the first. This is what he brought and gave to the Lord. And the Lord had respect, regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no respect. Now, had Cain brought forth, and I think what we're trying, what they're trying to point out here is that Cain brought an offering, but it was not anything special. It was not like he brought the first fruits or he brought the best he had. He just brought an offering, whatever it was. Now, some say it's because he was tilling the ground and his offering was from the ground which had been cursed but I don't really think that's the case I think Cain just did not bring forth his best he did not bring forth a really good offering for whatever reason humans were human we we fail we mess up okay had he brought forth a proper offering I think he would have been fine anyway so the Lord 
honored Abel's offering, though, because Abel did bring forth the first and the fat portions, you know, bringing forth uh, the best of what he had, you know. So, and this is the portion of the animal that later, as we read later, um, God has the Israelites use um, as an offering to him. So, you'll see that in the future. Lord willing, we'll get there and do that. Read that. Okay. <clears throat> and the Lord had respect, regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no respect. So Cain became extremely angry, indignant, and he looked annoyed and hostile. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry, and why do you look annoyed? In other words, you know, it says his, I think one of the original, uh, one of the other translations says his countenance fell and he had a bad countenance. But, but the Lord says, why are you so angry? Why do you look annoyed? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Now there is an amplification here. I'm going to read that. If you do well, believing me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? Because that is the implied meaning here. If you do well, doing the correct things, giving me a proper offering, and let's face it, that's what we're talking about here. And if you do not well, but ignore my instruction, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you, to overpower you. But you must master it. Now, there's a whole huge lesson right here in that if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, but you ignore God, in other words, you decide, well, I know better, I'm going to ignore God, I'm going to do what I want, do my way, etc., etc., then sin crouches at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. And that is a lifelong lesson for all of us. If we want to do well and be pleasing, then we need to follow God and what he's asking of us. You know, our sacrifice today, you know what our sacrifice is today as Christians? To love others, to have mercy on others, to help others. That's our true worship and sacrifice to God. Yes. I'm not saying that getting together as a congregation and singing and worshiping God is not worship also, but our most true form of worship is when we love and help others and forgive others. It's just a fact. If you just read through and understand what the Lord is telling us, what God is telling the Israelites, even back here we're going to read and see that, but also if you look at the New Testament, which we've already been all the way through, and if you read and understand that, that is what is being asked of us. That is our sacrifice. Basically, our sacrifice is to not be selfish. <laughs> That's, that is a probably simple, blunt way to say it, but is to not just be concerned for ourselves. All right. So... So he's warning Cain here. He's saying, look, and he's, he's trying, you know, really the Lord is trying to teach him just a simple thing. You know, there's no need to be angry about it. If you do the right thing, if you do well, 
you will be pleasing and accepted. So he's telling him what he needs to do. And he's also warning him, but if you don't, if you decide to ignore me and do what you want to do, then sin, sin is right there and its desire is for you. In other words, sin, Satan, wants you. And it wants to take over you and your life. But you must master it. You must master it. And that's something for all of us. We have to master the sin in our lives by removing it. That's why Jesus said the extreme things he did about cutting off your hand, cutting off your foot, removing your eye. He said that not because he wants you to do that, but to, to be extreme, to get our attention, to say, that's how important it is to keep sin out of your life, to stay away from temptation. Stay away from all temptation. And in, in essence, too, this is uh, in a different way. This is what God is telling Cain. If you will do well, he's telling him in a positive way, okay? He's saying if you do well, then, you know, you will be accepted and everything will be right. But if you don't, then, you know, sin is there to take over and to, to run you. Anyway, I'm going to move on. I, I'm sure you have the point. So Cain talked with Abel, his brother, about what God had said. And when they were alone working in the field, Cain attacked Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he lied and said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, again, the Lord knows. There's no, this is not, you're not deceiving the Lord. The Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's innocent blood is crying out to me from the ground for justice. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's shed blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength. It will resist producing good crops for you. You shall be a fugitive and a vagabond roaming aimlessly on the earth in perpetual exile without a home, a degraded outcast. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me out this day from the face of the land, and from your face, presence, I will be hidden, and I will be a fugitive and an aimless vagabond on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, a sevenfold vengeance, that is, punishment seven times worse, shall be taken on him by me. And the Lord set a protective mark sign on Cain, so that no one who found or met him would kill him. So, Let's see, there's a note here. Let's see what this mark is. Um, yeah, some commentators have thought different things, like maybe a brand on the forehead or something awesome about Cain's appearance that made people dread and avoid him. Um, the Talmud. In the Talmud, the rabbis suggested several possibilities, including leprosy or balls or a horn that grew out of Cain, but it was also suggested that Cain was given a pet dog to serve as a protective sign. I don't know. That's a lot of... I'm going to say that's a lot of speculation and nonsense. Who knows? Uh, but somehow, 
God did set a protective mark or a sign on Cain so that no one who met him would just, you know, would kill him. But here Cain is being exiled out, away from his family and away from God. So Cain went away from the manifested presence of the Lord and lived in the land of Nod, wandering in exile east of Eden. Now, here, um, here we have the presence of the Lord still residing with Adam and Eve and her, their family. Now, not with people in the rest of the world. Now, and I want you to note that um, Cain is wandering in exile. He lived in the land of Nod, you know, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife. Now, we're going to get into this, so I'm just going to, I don't want to do a lot of speculation, but I'm just going to mention this. Cain knew his wife, okay? Cain and Abel, they had wives. These wives came from somewhere. The two best series, in my opinion, now, and this is in my opinion, so let's just remember this is something that I'm just saying that I think makes the most sense. Either they married sisters, which I don't think so, but it's a possibility. Okay, I can't rule it out. It's a possibility. Either they married younger sisters that Adam and Eve had a bunch more uh, daughters and stuff, or there were people, other people, other men on the earth. Now, and I tend to believe that that is the case. Is that the actual case? I, I don't know. But, definitely the Bible does not say that his wife was his sister. But, we do know that like Abraham, uh, Sarah was his half-sister. So it's it's not impossible that in those days um, there were no rules against that at that time. And it could be being so close to creation that their genetic makeup would support that and would be okay. Whereas nowadays we're thousands of years removed from then. And it could be that our genetic makeup over that time has kind of changed. We're farther out from creation just like they lived hundreds of years old because they were closer to that creation power of God and in again now notice this is all in my opinion and my thinking um, and we're farther away and we live less because God said we would decline he said that was that we would not live those long lives anymore and I think that we've decreased from from that power of creation um, and plus he said that that would decrease, and so it has. And I think that could have, and I'm going to say could have, affected us in a genetic and DNA style of way also. So it is possible that these were sisters, but I kind of doubt that. And if you read back through the earlier chapters of Genesis... It sounds like the creation of Adam and Eve was probably separate from the creation of normal men. Adam and Eve were special. Adam was to be, they were to be the, the children of God. And the other men that were created were, I think, lesser men. 
and were not supposed to be. Now, the only ones that survived through all of this was Noah and his family, and we all descended from Noah and his family, so we all descended from Adam and Eve. So the only ones left are us, this other group of men, I will call them, or whatever they were. Um, they no longer exist. That's my wild theory, speculation. Don't believe everything that people tell you just because they tell you. Um, you know, read and see for yourself. If it makes more sense to you that he just married his sister, so be it. I don't want to get off into a lot of speculation where other people came from. But even at this time, you'll notice we're going to start talking about a lot of different people in the world. And we don't know where they all came from. And I'm, I just don't want to get into all that speculation. All right. <clears throat> so Cain knew his wife. And she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. And Cain built a city and named it Enoch after the name of his son. Now to Enoch was born Irad, and Irad became the father of Mahuel. I'm going to have trouble saying these names, just bear with me. And, and Mahuel, or Mahugel, maybe it's Mahugel, became the father of Methusel, Methusel, and Methusel became the father of Lamech. And Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, or Jabal. He became the father of those nomadic herdsmen who live in tents and have cattle and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He became the father of all those musicians who play the lyre and the flute. The lyre and flute. Zillah gave birth to Tubal Cain. Tubal Cain. Okay, Tubal Cain. I'm sorry, they had that sort of split on me. The smith, craftsman, and teacher of every artisan in instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Your wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. For I have killed a man merely for wounding me, and a boy only for striking, bruising me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold as the Lord said he would be, then Lamech will be avenged seventy-sevenfold. Now, Lamech here is really being arrogant, and he really is full of himself. And maybe this is what happens when we stray away from God, and maybe that's what this pur the purpose of this is. The further we get away from God, the more arrogant and the more we become full of ourselves and full of our own knowledge. Full of our own thoughts and beliefs. Now I know I just told you like a kind of a speculative idea that I had, but I admit that that's all that is. It's just an idea. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's not going to affect our salvation. And it's not, it's not proven in any way. The simplest, easiest answer would be that they married their sisters, okay? So, and that could easily just be it, okay? Because a lot of times the simplest, easiest answer, easiest answer is the answer. It's just in my mind with our system and morals and everything today, I, I find that difficult. But maybe that's it. But here we go. We're going to continue on. Adam knew Eve as his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth. For she said, 
God has granted another child for me in place of Abel, because Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, whom he named Enosh, mortal man, mankind. At that same time, men began to call on the name of the Lord in worship through prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. Now, some of that is from the Amplified. The, uh, the regular verse would read, To Seth also was a son was born, whom he named Enosh. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. So here, Adam's family and his children and everything, they began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, it says men began to call on the name of the Lord. So maybe other people were also affected by this, but I really, the way this reads and the way I'm thinking about it, it it seems to me that they're talking about their descendants were calling on the name of the Lord. But, you know, we will continue on and read. That is the end of uh, chapter 4. We will continue on and read in further chapters and see and see what we think. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I think I talked about everything as we went through as best I could. Now, uh, as far as that one part about the speculation, just remember that that's really not important. Um, it doesn't really matter if we know exactly where their wives came from. It doesn't really change anything for us. Um, it's just a matter that they did have wives and they had children. They had families. So I think we're going to see in a later verse that Adam and Eve, you know, they had more children. So... You know, if you want to take that as the simplest answer, I totally understand. That would make sense uh, in its own way. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.